Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. I'm going to kind of tag team on to what I spoke last week. If you weren't here, uh, please, please, I'm going to ask this. I don't really ask this a lot, but I'm going to ask you, please watch last week. It was so good. Um, it's on YouTube, it's on, our, it's on Facebook, I mean, it's on everything. You can download it, listen to it, watch it, but please go back and watch it, it was so good. But this is kind of part two of a little thing that I called last week called Lost, amen? And we're gonna go and we're gonna run after the loss of this world for Jesus, amen? Come on, uh, let's pray, let's invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us today, okay? Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We're not just saying that. Holy Spirit, we need you because we need your thoughts. God, we live in a world that is blinding us to truth. We live in a world that is leading us to deception. And we need you, Holy Spirit, to lead us into real truth that we might look more and more like Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence here today. We love you. We worship you. Lead and guide us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Give it up. Get real loud for the worship team this morning. Last night, uh, me and Jess, we were talking. She goes, hey, are you going to be dancing uh, like you were? If you missed last week, you missed it. I told like, uh, just a, she said, are you going to be dancing again? I said, why? Why is that? She goes, because I'll choose to not be in service if you're gonna be dancing again like that. So just, just pray for me, for encouragement, because I'm not getting it. You're gonna go to the back, okay, yeah, whatever. I love you too, yeah. All right, um, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes, pull out your Bible. Uh, if you've got a Bible with you, if you don't, we'll have it on the screen. I encourage you to bring something. If you want to take some notes on your phone, just don't look at dumb stuff. Just being honest. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, my message is called Don't Take the Cheese. Don't Take the Cheese, okay? Um, I'm an extremely visual person. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm just super, super visual, okay? Um, and when I see something that I really, really like, I, like I want it, you know, like this. Let me put up this picture uh, for you. It is, look at this, a bowl of queso. Can I get an amen from anybody that loves a bowl, a good bowl of queso? This is chili, not chilies, this is uh, Chewies. Chewies, okay, Chewies, okay. It is so cheesy. Oh my gosh. Cheesy. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> it's so creamy, right? Just the right amount of spice, the spice of life, right? And listen, listen. These chips are incredible. Just thin. I love when they're hot. They're super salty. Mix it in with that cheese. Am I making anybody hungry this morning, okay, right? 
okay? Love me some queso, okay? But how many of you know eating a bowl of queso is literally like eating a wheel of cheese, okay? I mean, it literally is like eating a wheel of cheese, okay? It reminds me, uh, how many of you remember the movie Anchorman, okay? When Ron Burgundy's talking to his dog and he's like, come again? I don't speak Spanish, you know what I mean? And then he goes, you got into the fridge and you ate a whole wheel of cheese? He goes, that's impressive, I'm not even mad, you know what I mean? That's what eating a bowl of queso is like, okay? You are literally putting a wheel, a whole wheel of cheese into your body. Your body is absorbing this, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I know for me that about five hours later, I'm going to probably regret that I took the cheese. Can I get an amen from anybody on that, okay? Right? You think, right? You see it. You see it, you know, they bring it to somebody else's table, you see it, and you're like, oh, we gotta have that. We need a bowl of that, right? You see it, and you think to yourself, this is gonna be a good choice for my life, okay? But you know better. What do you know better? That in your heart of hearts, you know, this isn't gonna be really great for my life. And so today, I wanna, I wanna share a, just a little different perspective from the story of the prodigal son. And here's the deal. I I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage. I can't tell you how many times I've preached this message, not this one exactly, but about the prodigal son. I can't tell you how many times we've heard this. I mean, even unbelievers know the story of the prodigal son coming home. So, So I'm gonna give us a little different perspective today. So go with me to Luke chapter 15. We're going to go to verse 12. It says this. The younger son came to his father, okay? He says this. Don't you think it's time? What's he talking about? He's talking about his timeline, right? So he comes to his father and he goes, I know that you have a timeline and you have a plan and you, and you know what's best for me but I have my own timelines, and I have my own plans, and I have my own agendas, and I want you to know what my timelines are. And I think this happens a lot of time in our relationship with God the Father. God the Father has this great plan for our life. He has great timing. Can I just make this real clear today? God is never late. He's never late. He is never late. He is always on time. It's just his time. He knows what's best for you. He knows what you need in every season. So he comes and goes, hey, I got my own timeline. He says, give me the share of my inheritance, okay? What is he really saying? He's saying, I'm entitled. I'm just entitled. (laughs) You're like, wow, we just went from laughing to deep really quick. This is entitled. Like the generation we live in right now, it's like, give it to me now. You know, I I don't wanna wait. I I don't wanna wait for that season. I don't wanna wait for God's best. Just give me whatever I can have now. Just give me whatever satisfies you right now. Just give me something that's microwaved really quick. It might not be cooked right. It might be a little chewy. It might not taste correct, but just give it to me now. Entitled. See, I need you to see this. 
When you get something outside of God's timing, it will become a curse and not a blessing. Anything outside, anytime we microwave the timeline, anytime that we choose to get ahead of God, and listen, I know this is a struggle. I struggle with this all the time because I'm like full of vision and I'm full of faith and I want to grab onto what God wants for me, but I can get ahead of God sometimes. Can I get an amen from anybody? I'll get ahead of him and all of a sudden I'll get a little taste, I'll get a little piece of something that wasn't the right season and time and what it becomes, it becomes a curse and not a blessing for my life. See, we need to understand the time, the culture, when the son is asking the father, what is he asking his father? In that time, in that culture, he was basically saying to his father, I am better off without you. Did you hear that? When he said, give me my inheritance, he said, guess what, dad? I'm better off without you. I don't need you anymore. I don't need your wisdom, I don't need your guidance, I don't need direction, I'm better off on my own. And he's literally saying this, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead. I just want my money. I wanna do what I wanna do, when I wanna do it, when I feel like it. Verse 13, shortly afterwards, the son packed up all of his belongings, traveled off to see the world. Can I just speak to anybody in their like teens and 20s right now? Like this is so big, like in culture right now. It's like, hey, just go see the world. Go explore the world. Go run after the world. Go find the world. Go find yourself. You are not gonna find yourself in this world. You're gonna find yourself in Jesus. I promise you, okay? This is a lie from the enemy. Since he journeyed off to a far land where he wasted everything that was given, in a binge, in a binge, okay, of extravagant, reckless living. Okay, why is it always a far off land? Because sin never wants to be in the light. It always wants to run to the dark. This is why we have these like terms like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, let's go to Vegas. You know what I mean? It's like, let's go live it up in Vegas and we'll leave all of our sin and junk in Vegas, right? So you got to understand, the original language would have been translated this way. The son lacked restraint. The son lacked restraint. Meaning what? He had no self-control. One of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Self-control. He lacks restraint. He says, give me what I want, when I want it. I'll do what I want, I'll go see the world, I'll go party, I'll go live my life, I'll do what I want when I want. He had no restraint. All right, point number one today is this. Don't take the cheese. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're back to cheese. <laughs> I promise you, cheese will be all through this message, okay? All right, don't, don't take the cheese. Let me ask you a question as it relates to the story. What caused the young man to believe that his life would be better outside of his father's home? What caused this young man to believe that life was better outside of his home? And, and here, let me just challenge you today. Please don't look at this story and just go, well, that was a young man, 
sowing his wild oats and I'm not in that season, I don't live like that anymore. Listen, every time we engage with the word of God, we have to be able to put ourselves into the story and go, God, you need to teach me something right here. You need to reveal something that's going on in my own soul. You need to show me where there's some areas where I'm running off to some different lands, where I'm running away from you. So the question is, what caused him to think life will be better outside of my family's home, my dad's home? Now listen, you gotta understand something about the home, okay? And, and, and this is Jesus giving us a, a heavenly perspective. This is a perspective that Jesus wants to understand about God the Father. This is a story about God the Father. And this is a story about God the Father's home, okay? And I say this all the time, God's not broke. God's not broke. The world's broke. But God owns it all. He's not broke. All right? So he's given us this picture, and we haven't got to this part yet, but we see later in the story, we see some attributes about the home. In the home had unlimited food. Anybody like food? I like me some food. Right? Had unlimited food. The home had servants. Servants. Okay? I mean, I would love a personal chef. Anybody with me, okay? Right? I'd love somebody to do my laundry. That would be real nice, okay? The home had servants. It had fine robes. It had rings. It had sandals, right? And we'll get into this. There's a lot of meaning in what that represents. But let's just say this. Look at your neighbor and say balling. Just say balling. All right, just say, just say balling, right? right? Oh, you guys are the worst. Come on. You're like balling. <laughs> Gosh. Help me out. All right. All right. So what am I saying? He lacked for nothing. In his father's house, he lacked for no good thing. I don't know if some of you have seen this, but LeBron James just had a birthday party for his oldest son, Bronny, okay? Uh, the cost is somewhere over $10 million. He had Travis Scott give a personal you know, uh, concert to his son and his friends. Listen, I need you to understand, this son had everything with his father in his father's house. And I need you to get this perspective. God the Father's going, in my house is everything you need. In my house. The Lord told me this a few weeks ago, and I'm processing this, I'm going through this, I'm trying to really get to the depth of what he was saying to me. He said, he said you forgot how to be a son. He said, you've forgotten how to be a son. He said, because a son just relaxes. <laughs> when a son is at home, he just kicks off his shoes and sits down and relaxes and enjoys himself. Why? Because the father, the father is the one to provide. It's not the son's job. It's not the daughter's job to provide. It's the, it's the father's job. So we're getting this picture of this house that he says, I don't want to be here anymore. Okay, he has decided, he's made a choice. And, and, and can I make this real clear? That God is always open. 
His house is always open. His door is always open. It's just our choice. It's our decision if we're going to walk through the door, if we're going to go home, if we're going to be with him, if we're going to spend time in his house. So he makes a choice to go, no, 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 I don't want this. And I need you to understand this. Your choices today will impact your tomorrow. So your choices to live in God's house today will impact your tomorrow, vice versa, the same way. So he makes this decision. So I thought to myself, what caused, what caused him to think there's better outside of my father's house. And I thought, it must have been something that caught his eye. Why? Because we're visual people. That's how God made us. I mean, can't you see the direct connection with social media right now? We're visual people. God created us visually. We like to see things. So there must have been something that he saw outside of his father's house that caught the attention of what? His soul. Something that grabbed his eye, grabbed his attention, that he thought, there's something better than what my father can give me. I remember when I was, gosh, I want to get this right. I think it was, I'm, I'm, I think I was 13. I think it was 13. There was a show, put up this picture with me, there was a great show called Beverly Hills 90210. And now if I ask people to raise their hands, you won't, because you'll be embarrassed that you watched that show back in the day, okay? And I remember this was a big, big show, and I for sure wanted to be Dylan, okay? I mean, look at him. I mean, just not, not Steve. Steve was the worst, okay? I mean, just the worst, okay? And I remember, I'm probably 12, 13 years old. I remember seeing this episode. I remember at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode, they had this big pool party. Like, I can remember, like, the details in my mind to the day. It was like, you know, like, like low-grade smoke or fog, you know what I mean? And they're all partying, and, you know, they're doing their thing, and they have this big pool party going on, and they're all drinking. And at the end of the at night, you know, they celebrate. They all jumped into the pool with their clothes on. And I was like, yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. You know, I'm like 13 years old in my room, jumping off my bed like, oh, I'm jumping in the pool, you know what I mean? I was a dorky kid when I was 13. I'll just be honest with you, okay? I had not hit anything at that point. So here's where I want to go with this. It caught my attention. I saw something, right? And in my mind, in my mind, I thought, that will make me happy. See, this is, this is our lives. I'm talking about everyday life right now. I'm talking about this, what the sun, what's going on with the sun is what we deal with every single day. We're like, oh, that truck, it'll make me happy. That, that will make me happy. We see things, it grabs the attention of our soul. But now here, I need you to understand this. Our mind and our soul is connected. Let me, let me show you this. We need to understand this. We are three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body, okay? Spirit, soul, and body, okay? So the spirit was created for what? 
It was created to connect with God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So that's what the Spirit is, okay? Now, here's the deal. Until you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your spirit is dead. Do you understand this? So when you were born, you were born with a dead spirit. Until the day that you made a choice at whatever age to go, Jesus, I believe in you, I accept you, I want you, I want you to be my Lord. At that moment, your spirit goes, hey, I'm here, I'm alive. And it's designed to help you to connect with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, Your body was created for what? It was created to connect with nature and with what God created, right? Your physical senses. These things, they're designed to create you to help to connect with nature, to connect with God. Now, your soul, your soul is what? It is your mind, your will, and your emotions, Okay, and what's so cool about your soul, God created your soul to do two things. It can relate to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but it can also relate to what? Nature and everything that God created. So here's the deal. The problem, the problem with his soul, the problem with my soul, the problem with our soul has nothing to do with the spirit. The spirit is perfect. It's the Spirit of God living in you. It's perfect. What's the problem then? The problem is your soul. Your soul is the problem. Here's the issue. Your soul is stronger than your spirit. Ooh, that's a good word, Pastor Jeff. Your soul is stronger than the spirit. So like the sun, like us, we see something, it grabs our attention, it grabs our soul, and we think, oh, I wonder what this would be like, and it's outside of my, my father's home. You gotta understand, what I saw wasn't God's best for me. Amen? Uh, listen, I know I'm making you think. It wasn't God's best for me. God had better plans than what I saw, but my soul grabbed onto it. Why did my soul grab onto it? Because I thought two things, I'll be honest with you. I thought girls will love me and make me happy. That's what I thought. I thought girls will love me and make me happy, and I think friends will also make me happy. Why? Because I was in a, you know, I was in a tough season when I was 13. I had just lost my grandparents. I had just lost my grandmother. She was my rock as it, came, as it related to emotional stability. So I just lost her, right? I just went from three different schools. I lost all my friends. I lost my mom and dad. I lost my family. I lost everything. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, girls will make me happy. Friends will make me happy, right? I'm insecure. I'm sad, right? The problem was my spirit just wasn't strong enough to go, no, no, no. That's not God's best. This happens to us all the time. What's the issue? We take the cheese. See, the enemy, he serves up a lot of different types of cheese. I mean, there's Gouda, and there's Swiss, and there's provolone, and uh, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of crazy cheeses out there, right? <laughs> Listen, you put a bowl of Parmesan cheese in front of me, I'm like, eh, I'm good. You put a bowl of queso, I'm like, hey, we're gonna have a party tonight, right? 
The enemy knows. I think that's what's so interesting about the culture that we're growing up in of social media. I love this word, they're called reels. They're just quick hits. They're quick hits of what? They're quick hits of dopamine, right? The enemy's like, I'm gonna give you a quick hit of dopamine of something that you'll see, that you'll choose to believe that if I have this outside of my father's home, outside of his timing, outside of his plan, it will make me happy. Woo, church is good today. <laughs> Point number two, are you eating slop? Are you eating slop? Verse 14, with everything spent and nothing left, remember when I said blessing in the wrong timing will leave you just empty? This is, this is it right here, verse 14. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The, fi- the farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. How do you go from your father's house to the pigs? Right? I mean, this is the story. And listen, let me be really, really clear today. Until you are dead or Jesus comes back, the enemy is fighting your soul to take you to the slop. And I can't tell you how many people that I once knew that truly loved Jesus that have no relationship with him anymore. Verse 16. The son was so famished, he was so hungry. He was willing to eat the slop that was given to the pigs because nobody would feed him a thing. Here's the question. Question today is this. What are you feeding your soul on a daily basis? What are you feeding your soul? Remember the soul. It's connected to your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's also connected to God. What are you feeding it on a daily basis, right? Is it a little Kardashians, you know? Is it a little Bachelorette, a little TikTok, a lot of Facebook, a lot of news, okay? A lot of dumb news, Right? Is it a bunch of friends that never draw you closer to Jesus? Is it useless content? Is it lustful images? <laughs> oh, can I, just, can I just get real for a second? Can I just get real? You're like, man, why do I struggle with lust? Why do I struggle with lust? Me and Pastor Adam, man, we had a conversation about this a couple years ago. You know what I love about Pastor Adam? He's a man of God. You know what he did? He shut down his social media. We go, but uh, I'm an adult. (laughs) Right? I'm an adult. I can, can, you know, it's good. I I can watch Game of Thrones. I'm an adult. I'm getting to your business. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, hey, what, what shows are you watching right now? And I was like, Man, to be honest with you, not much, but I was like, I guess my favorite right now is like an old show from the 90s. It's called Tool Time, okay? I mean, just, <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. Like, I just, I mean, I got, I got Tool Time rolling right now. I got Andy Griffith rolling right now. I got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rolling right now. 
I mean this. Me and Jess talk about it all the time. We can't find anything to watch because everything's garbage. What are you feeding yourself? What do you feed your soul? Are you feeding yourself slop? Or, listen, don't take the cheese. Don't take, look at your neighbor, say, don't take the cheese. Say, just don't take it. Don't take it. The enemy is putting it out there. Right? He wants to grab your attention. He wants to grab your thoughts. He wants to grab you and convince you to believe. If I just had their life, if I just had that moment, don't take the cheese. Listen, can I say this? Don't give up on the 90-day reading plan that we're doing right now. And if you're not doing the 90-day reading plan, just jump in with us right now where we're at and just keep going. Because here's what it is. Everything I just read, okay, I mean, it's, it's just useless. The 90-day reading plan is like eating a big T-bone steak for your spirit. You're feeding your spirit, giving it nutrients. You're building that spirit inside of you that your spirit can come alive in the moments that you're about to take the cheese and your spirit comes alive and goes, no, 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 no. God has better for you. No, 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 no. You don't have to take that. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live in unforgiveness. You don't have to live in bitterness. You don't have to be angry all the time. You can watch your mouth. You can do these things. Your spirit comes alive and goes, you're more powerful than you think. But you got to feed your spirit. Point number three is this. The Father restores all that was broken. The Father restores. The Father, God the Father, he's a good Father. He loves restoring what the enemy has stolen from your life. He loves it. Verse 18, the son goes, I want to go back home to my father's house. Praise God. This is what I'm believing for. I want you to believe with me. I want you to pray. I'm praying and believing that people are coming to their senses in this generation, this time. People are waking up and they're going, I want to go back home. Listen, I believe, I truly believe this. I believe there is a generation that grew up in church that is far away from home right now. But I'm believing that that generation is going to come back to home. They're going to come back to what they were brought up on. I believe it. I want to go back to my father. Says this, I was wrong. Can I just say it is okay to be broken before the Lord? There is something about being broken before the Lord. There is something about going, Lord, I give you this pride. I give you this ego. God, I, I give you this, this attitude that I've had. God, I give you the selfishness, God, that I've had. I give you this complaining spirit that I've had. God, God, I give it to you. There's something powerful about being broken before the Father. It says this, I have sinned against you. What does that mean? He left the Father's house. He left the father's house. Gosh. Sometimes I wish, I just wish I could like connect you 
to really understand that like, God is so good. His house is so good. He loves you so much. He knows how to take care of you. He knows how to bless you. He wants you to be blessed. Verse 20 says this. So the son set off for home. Can I ask you a question today? What direction are you headed right now? What direction in your soul are you headed? Is it away from the Father's house or to the Father's house? What course are you headed on? What direction are you going? From a long distance away. His father saw him. Gotta understand, this was like radical. When Jesus said this, this was like insane. Because here's the deal, in Jewish culture, when a son would leave home, he was banished from the home. He was banished from the community. He was banished from the town, never to be brought back in. And there would never have been a moment that a Jewish father would have been looking for his son. And here's this picture of our father, God the Father, when we've wandered away from home, when we've walked away from home, when we've walked away from his grace, we've walked away from his goodness, we've walked away from his timing, we've walked away from his plans. And here's a picture of a good father. And this father is actively searching. To go, I wanna bring you home. Come back home. I want you to be home. So amazing how sin will cause us to, to run away. Man, guilt and shame is the worst. It's straight from the pit of hell. It's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father goes, come home. Come home. Says, as dressed as a beggar, a father of great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, kissed him over and over with tender love. You're such a great God. Verse 22, turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe and place it on his shoulders. Bring me a ring, the seal of sonship, and I'll place it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. All these different attributes represent different things. The robe represents God's righteousness. He didn't deserve grace. 
He did not deserve to be righteous. He did not deserve to come home. But the Lord clothed us. He puts his righteousness on us. So amazing what God does. He said, I know that you're, you look like a beggar, but when you come back home, I'll clothe you with the finest linen, my righteousness. I'll dress you. He puts a ring on his finger. You know what that ring represents? It represents authority. Authority. See, you're seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. The enemy comes in and he tells you that you have no authority. You have all the authority in the world because you are a son and daughter of the Most High. And when strife comes into your home and wants to plant in your home, you can, with your authority, say, no, in the name of Jesus, I will not allow this strife to be in my home any longer. The seal of sonship, what was that? That was authority, again, given to the son to make business decisions, business decisions in his father's name. The son who just wasted all of his father's money is now given authority to make business deals for his father once again. The sandals, they mean so much because you got to understand something. The servants didn't have sandals. They had no shoes. See, he comes back and he goes, I'm just going to be a servant in my father's house. I'll just beg to be a servant. And the father goes, no, 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 no. I need you to understand something. You're a son. You're a son. Last week, we talked about some big victories that we've had here at Elevate Church. And I know that we're not all here every week, so I wanted to show some of these, and I'm going to connect it to this. 140 new families visited, 648 people visited Elevate Church this year. Come on, next one. 340 children. So good. 120 junior high and high school students in our youth ministry, amazing. 480 people in groups, 44 different groups, incredible. Next one, 75 baptisms, 20 baby dedications, 170 people reading the New Testament plan right now. Next one, $110,000 given the world missions. Now I need you to understand something. Numbers matter. I need you to get that. It matters to God. God is a God of numbers, but I need you to understand that these numbers represent what? They represent people. They represent people. They represent sons and daughters that are lost. Sons that have wandered away, daughters that have wandered away. This represents, I know we just see numbers, but listen, put up that baptism one. 75 people baptized. 
Come on. Come on. This represents people, lost sons and daughters. And God wants to restore their identity, give them authority. I want to read, I'm not going to share names, but I want to read some statements that people have sent to us about these numbers. I, I, want, to put, I want to put people to these numbers. I want to read some stories. First one is this, being surrounded in community, going to ManFest. Come on, ManFest, let's go. Come on, it was. It says this, taught me how to lead my house. I love this line ultimately saved my marriage. We've restored our relationship with God. Let me give you another one. We were in a new area. We needed to find hope again. How many hopeless people are out there just wandering, going, where can I find hope again? They said, we need to find hope again. And so we found Elevate, we found a community that has surrounded us and showed us Jesus in an extremely difficult time in our life. Here's another one. I truly didn't believe that I was saved until I came to Elevate. It was there that I felt the Holy Spirit. Remember in worship, feeling His grace, feeling the power, feeling the Holy Spirit. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me for the first time in my life. In his presence, I gave my life to Jesus and I haven't looked back. Come on, come on, come on. This next one says, this church has been everything. Oh my gosh, what a statement. This church has been everything to our family. It has been a place of refuge during a really difficult time. Here's another one. Our family was on the brink of separation and divorce, and we came to Elevate, and our kids instantly connected with Elevate and wanted to come to church. Says this, Elevate has saved our marriage. We've slowly seen God's work, removing lies that we truly believed, allowing ourselves to forgive, and understand what unconditional love is. I love this one. We were living together. We were not married, not trusting God. We came to elevate. We gave our lives to Jesus. Come on, what a great start that is. Pastor Jeff married us on a Tuesday. You wanna know where they got married? They got married in the dreamer's room. They got saved. They got saved and they said, we wanna get our life right. I said, the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna get married. They went that week, got a marriage license and I married them in the dreamer's room on a Tuesday. They said, God has been pouring out his blessing ever since. Isn't it amazing that when you get into God's alignment, when you get into God's alignment, this is one of my favorites. 100,000 meals plus fed to kids, staff, and the villages of the kids. 100,000 meals plus given to kids around the world. Hey, come on, come on, say yeah. 
got kids in Haiti we're feeding. Kids in Haiti, kids in Africa, kids in Brazil. This is a statement. This would not be possible without Elevate Church. It's hard as Americans to grasp that these kids would legit not eat anything. They wouldn't eat anything without the Lord providing through you guys. got to connect this to those numbers it's all connected and it's God our father he's he's doing what man he is searching 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 can we just get real loud for Jesus in the morning can you just give a shout can you give a just great great shout to God for everything that he's doing. Come on, won't you stand to your feet? Give a great shout to our God for what he's doing in this church, what he's doing around the world. Come on, lift up some praise to God for what he's doing. Come on, he's worthy. Somebody asked me recently, they said, what was the first day of Elevate Church like? I was like, it wasn't what we thought. I think we had eight people. Hannah? Yeah, I know. Listen, I love you and Dave. They, listen, they came to the first service ever of Elevate Church. I think it was eight people. Now listen, at the time, if you would have told me at that moment, at that moment, I was like, God, what are we doing? If you would have told me at that moment that six years later, we would have this kind of impact here and around the world, I, 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 I don't know if I would have believed you. There's something about just staying in the house of God, just staying connected to the house of God, just going, God, I just trust you. God, I believe. God, I trust you. God, I believe. I'm going to stay real close to you. So here's the deal. I talked about this last week. I'm going to talk about it again. If you don't like it, I said it last week. I'll say it again. There's a lot of other churches to go to if you're not interested in helping us find the lost. I'm never going to end. I'm not just, listen, I, I love every one of you. I love your families. I love your kids. I love you. I, I love you. But there are people that will go to hell if we don't get in the way. There are people that will be lost forever if we don't get in the way. And there's no way that I'm going to stand before Jesus someday and go that I didn't, I didn't run after these people for you. I didn't, I didn't charge after these people. But there's no way as the head of this church that I'm going to do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the same thing. And I know like some of you were here last week. I get it. Some of you weren't though. That's why I'm doing this again. I, I need you to understand what we're asking. Number one is this. We're asking you to help us go to three services. Okay? We're going to go to three services in January. Look, it's, it's, look at this. This is the first service. Second service is going to be crazy. Look, we're going to three services in January. We need your help to serve. 
Come on, get out your phone, come on, get out your phone. You can do tech, you can make coffee, you can help with kids, you can be on the worship team. We need, we need help. We need help. Okay, don't think, don't think for a minute like, well, somebody else has got this. No, 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 no. You got this. You got this. Help us. Help us reach people. Okay? Now, here's the deal. I said this last week. Number two is this. If you don't give, if you don't give anything, listen, we love you. We truly love you. Okay? But don't believe for a second that it doesn't cost us anything to run this place. Not for a second. So um, here's my challenge. If you don't give anything, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to trust God to give 5%. Take a step to go, all right, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see me living in your house. How good are you? How good are you? If you don't give anything, I'm going to challenge you. Just trust God with 5%, okay? It's not the full 10%. Just trust him with 5 Now, listen, if you're currently giving, and I said this last week, thank you, thank you, thank you. The kids in Africa say thank you. The kids in Brazil say thank you. The kids around the world say thank you. Our kids at our kids ministry say thank you. Our kids at youth on Sunday night say thank you. We want to say thank you. Thank you for giving. But if you don't give the full 10%, I want to ask you to trust God to give 10%. I said it last week. I'll say it again. If you give 10% and six months later you go, we're broke and we're hungry and we don't have anything, I'll take you to Jeff Ruby's how confident I am. I'll take you Jeff Ruby's. You can get anything you want on the menu. Man, they got some good food at Jeff Ruby's. I'm going to tell you right now, okay? Some real good food. But I'm really confident I'm not going to take you to Jeff Ruby's. I'm not backing it. My God is backing it. Trust God. Last ask is this. We're going to three services. And we need to be a good steward. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be a good steward of what God's given us. Maximize what God has given us, okay? And, and listen, I said it last week again. It, it, look, I would rather do this one time. All this emotion that I just gave right here, I gotta do it all over again. You all are gonna go eat somewhere and relax. I gotta do it all over again. In January, I gotta do it three times. Our staff has to do it three times. We're trying to be good stewards of what God has given us. Maximize everything that God's given us. So here's the deal. We gotta take care of this building. We gotta take care of this property. We got a lot of things we need to take care of. We got kids' wings that we need to redo. We got a bunch of computers to take care of. We got parking lot stuff to deal with. We got a bunch of things to deal with that we need to take care of and we need your help. So here's what we're asking, okay? We're gonna raise $50,000, okay? Okay, it's all legit. It's not fluff. If you wanna ask Pastor Ryan Wonderly about it, he'll show you the numbers, none of it's fluff, okay? And now here's the deal, all we need you to do is to ask the Holy Spirit, what is my job? If everybody just does their job, this number will be taken care of above and beyond. That's all you gotta do. Some of you, God will say, you're gonna give 500 bucks. Some of you, God's gonna say, you're gonna give 10,000. Some of you, God's gonna say, you're gonna give 50,000 in Jesus' name. Listen, you don't know who's next to you and what they have and how God's blessed them and how they're trusting God. Amen? Listen, look, we, me and Jess, we got giving goals every year. I remember we started, at, we're, we're, we started, we're like, we're gonna get $5,000. Then it was $10,000. 
then it was 15, then it was 20, then it was 25, then it was 30. I'm not even gonna tell you the numbers that we're shooting for now. I believe that God, I can't outgive God. I believe that someday I'm gonna be given 50, I'm gonna be given 100, I'm gonna be given a million someday. Amen? Close your eyes with me. If you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I can feel it in the room. There's some of you. The Lord's been trying to grab your attention all day. He loves you so much. He's not angry. He's not frustrated with you. He wants you to come back home. And so we're going to pray a prayer, okay? We're going to pray a simple prayer, believe in our hearts, ask Jesus to come into our lives, come back home to the Father, to His grace, okay? Come on, we're going to pray this together. Everybody say this to me. Say, Father... I choose, come on, say, Father, I choose today to come back home. I'm running back home into your loving arms. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. I choose to serve Jesus, to give him my life. I surrender my heart. I surrender my soul to you, Jesus. I love you. I choose you. I believe in you. In Jesus' name. Come on, give it up for everybody that prayed that prayer today. Come on. Now here's the deal. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what would you have me give? Come on. Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me give? Father, I I bless your people. I thank you, God, for faithful people. I declare in the name of Jesus that the people of Elevate Church, they are faithful, they are generous. I declare that the people of Elevate Church have a passion and a heart to seek and save the lost. The people of Elevate Church have a passion, a mission in their soul to seek and save the lost. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to invest in what you're doing to seek and save those who are lost. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody agrees, said? Can we get real loud for Jesus today? Come on.